the uh, previous exam. What else? Uh, for, for some people who are involved in the technology, uh, trying to, try to uh, download a new app for different or own hardware. Thinking towards some of the main games, and for some reason, bugs or or latency uh, or those problems arise because of misunderstanding. Thinking that that still works on those those things. And the statement can be misunderstood also. The last one I made because people misunderstand that the gospel is already also you can't speak to modern times like that. No, uh, that is what I did. So misunderstanding is about. Something that uh, is something that uh, is painted that by human effort 
Because if people would follow everything that the Amalekites and Jones is mentioned in the New Testament and even the Old Testament, nobody can tame them. Romans 3 says, verse 9, righteous. So it says that because time is righteous, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we are in a very difficult predicament if you think, because many of us misunderstood that the way to get right with God is to do things, this, this, and not do this, and not do this. And people tend sometimes to pretend that they are actually doing things that are good, which is in itself good as that. When people do something that are, uh, that are righteous, it's actually good because that's good for society. Imagine that people are, are stealing so many things away from you. No? But there are also people that try to pretend that they are righteous in order perhaps to get this kind of righteousness that God demands. They are actually, you know, they're actually uh, uh, in a guiltless, guiltless in terms of outward morality. Immorality, they cannot, they cannot, uh, you cannot see them doing immoral acts in public. Yet, they are guilty with inward immorality. They are actively practicing sins in secret. These are the people that are, I know, uh, in an impulse time, the righteous are very, very displayed, uh, the prominent, they are, uh, they are actually present in the temples. But if you look at the principle of this and this text, it starts actually from the inside and it manifests later on in your actions. That is why unrighteousness starts from our hearts. We do it in secret. Sometimes we do outward righteous acts like going to church, like attending so many righteous acts in the church, in participating in prayer, people go to some crusades, they read theological books, and for them, what they do in secret doesn't matter because what they're showing in public is okay. That's a potential and a potential righteousness, and they want it on the hands of we, you know, we see this kind of people, not just you know, not just outside of the church, but also inside of the church. And I don't know your hearts. I don't know what you know, what, what's your what's your status, what's your religion. I may have seen you doing so many righteous things in this church, but if you are doing things in secret to pretend that you are actually a righteous person, I tell you. God says that unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom If you want only to, uh, to, to uh, get message to people that you are doing things outwardly, yet inwardly you know that you are doing things that are quote unquote abominable in the eyes of God. That's simple, so you can share. And uh, I cannot stress this out enough because, once again, I would say 
that you are the kind of person who misunderstands God's righteousness. It's not easy. It's not easy for them. It's not easy to prepare for a long time. It will, it will, it will manifest. Not now, but maybe in a few months, but it will come out. So no one is righteous. And you cannot just pretend that uh, 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 all of the time, all the rest of your life, that you think that you are righteous by doing these things, by showing people what you are doing outwardly. Yeah. You need inward righteousness that only before you know It's the only thing that God will accept. And it is near you. It is as near to the hearing of Israel as it is near to what you are hearing today. All of us, all men, carry the burden of judgment due to sin. And we need to be declared righteous, which in other terms we call it justified, justification, which is to declare person not being And no matter or no amount of work, no amount of self-righteous acts can be do before they will obey this. Only Jesus fulfills all these righteous requirements of the law that uh, he said it is finished. All you have to do is put your trust in him because you can have that. You can appropriate the kind of righteousness in your soul, in your heart, only by faith. It's just a lesson or a means by which that righteousness can be attained to you. It is not the faith that saves you. It is just a mode or a means to receive that, to appropriate that righteousness that God requires for a perfect standing or in a right relationship with God. How is it achieved? So, verse 9. Uh, the 13, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is, and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, but there is no distinction, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, is towing his riches from all who call him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it says there that if you confess with the mouth, Jesus is Lord. What does this you know, confess uh, mean? No? Does it say that? Sige na, Lord, you don't forget that you're going to be saved. It is deeper than knowledge, deeper than what we read in the text. Of course, to be laid is part of the confession of faith because of what? What is in your heart, it actually goes out of your mouth. And the early church does this by baptism in public. To believe in Christ is to be baptized in public. It is a profession of faith, not the altar call that we usually hear, or there is usually a witness in other churches. That's cheap. In their time, when you are subjecting yourself to baptism, it costs you a lot of things. To confess is a, a situation where there is already a faith that is planted in your heart. 
It is an expression that we are now in allegiance to Christ. And this kind of action in their time, because we are dealing with the book of Romans, if you express open, open allegiance to Christ, it is a Christmas act by the Romans. Meaning, unlike today, when you confess that you believe in Christ, it doesn't cost you anything. Meaning, stays as this. But there, in your time, when you say that Jesus is Lord, it is reason and it can be punishable by death. So how do, we, how do we understand this in our situation today? Professing in Christ is not a simple thing because it costs you, it costs us a lot of things. For one, our allegiance to sin must be changed. You don't have to say, Jesus is Lord, and then holding hands with the devil at the same time. Your relationship with Christ will also uh, change your relationship towards sin. It can't be that you say, Jesus is Lord, and yet you are still holding on to the sins in your life. It could also cost you your lifestyle. Your lifestyle is carefree and doesn't, and doesn't look after the future, or you are so, or you are so you know, carefree to the point that. It is now that is very important that can also cost you that kind of thinking. It can also cost you cost you your revelation. You will become fools for Christ. Why is this person reading a very outdated book? And I am myself a very scientifically validated. Why are we praying to what do you call it? Yeah, you will be, uh, you'll be uh, all names if you express your allegiance to Christ. And if you are very serious in your Christian faith, you would experience these type of things in your work, in your school, in your neighborhood, even your family. That's why it can also foster your relationship. If you profess to be, to be a Christian and then you have a relationship with somebody that is not a Christian, soon you will come to a point where you choose to, to, to uh, maintain or maintain that relationship and compromise your faith in Christ or you say, this is my this is where I draw the line. If the relationship doesn't work, that could mean that you are already experiencing what it looks like, what does it cost for you to confess faith in Christ. Career can be an outcome that you might not imagine. Uh, for, for many of us here in church, uh, we hear that we hear that the uh, uh, is a, a good career because of so many things that, that actually opposes the disease and the newfound principle that is working in our moral life. And 
observant of those of Christians, that's already and that's already uh, not in the news. It can cause them more worries. But for me, that it will come to us, that it comes to us, I pray that we are happily showing that uh, everything else is nothing compared to our allegiance to the faith that we have in Christ. So it is from a living heart. Can you say that uh, you say that Jesus is Lord? At the backdrop of that, that it's a treason and it costs life or your, uh, your freedom, then a person that says that is freedom is doing that because of a living heart. Because calling Jesus as Lord is an act of faith. So it says there also that, uh, that uh, it is. Uh, For with heart in verse 10, one believes and is justified, and with heart in one mouth, with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So justified, as I mentioned earlier, is a technical term or fancy term for, for declaring a person not guilty. It's not saying that this is innocent, but to declare a person that is very free from the penalty of sin, and that person is declared not guilty. It costs life and the blood of the person that you are going to trust to, and yet it is only by faith. So, some it's very simple, but then I that you will have that spirit wrought activity in your heart. So, it's also uh, the word believe is also not, uh, not a simple thing because to believe something is to think of something to be true and worthy of trust. Meaning, you bet your life on it. Meaning, you have to choose comfort, uh, you know, finances, all of the convenience in life, and this that would cost you all the negative things that the world thinks. And you trust that thing because you believe it to be true and worthy of trust. That is what we have in Christ. And the opposite of that is those who follow this belief that is not a shame. There's no condemnation. This is an equivalent term for condemnation or uh, punishment. So, uh, what does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? Of course, uh, we do this and we do this thing. Hey, Rainy, the guy who called coffee. We're calling on somebody. But call, in a theological term, is to ask God to do something. It is an appeal for help. It is a condition in your life that you are so helpless that nobody can rescue you, or nobody can help you, except God because God has the capacity and power to do it. It's the help that other people cannot give. Because we are wired to call man as human beings. As a social being, you are wired to call somebody with their suffering with us. Because there are people that are so difficult to do that. For introverts and all those who are so close personally, it's difficult for them to call. But generally, people are wired to call when they have problems. And it's actually good. We witness this in our church, but I'm getting an experience with it. People are calling uh, 
And this is why uh, the church, uh, one more call one of us is to evangelize. We need evangelism. We need to do the preaching of the gospel. We need to proclaim the word because people have a wrong understanding about righteousness. We need evangelism, but we, we have to do evangelism to effect faith for the hearers of the gospel. We cannot disciple people if we do not evangelize. Making disciples in Matthew is preceded by evangelism. And every disciple is commanded to evangelize and replicate himself. Verse 14 to 15 says, How then? Will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And you notice uh, the text that the Lord, that the false argument actually is not done in reverse. No? He's actually doing something in reverse. Uh, how often are they called in the home behind? Indeed. So he reverses, uh, he reverses the order of the text in order to uh, emphasize something. It is what we call as the cause and effect. No? The, the reason I, uh, I believe here is that uh, Paul is using the effect first in order to, uh, to justify the means that is used to achieve that effect. Because every effect has a, has, a, has, a, you know, has a cause, but a cause has main effects. For example, uh, you are result of your parents' marriage, right? <laughs> but your parents' marriage can produce also so many and so many siblings. That's the cause, your parents, and the effect are the siblings. But if the effect is you, Alone, you alone are the effect. You cannot escape that the cause of that is your parents. And that is what Paul is saying here. No? Paul makes the importance not only the end but also the means to achieve the end. So for, for many of us we hear that uh, that uh, we don't praise God, that, that the, the means justify the or the end justify the means. Whatever uh, in a thing that you do, as long as it achieves the purpose or the goal, that's okay. For the gospel, that's not necessarily true. Because many churches fall into this error. Uh, in order for them to, uh, to call on the Lord, 
he would do so many tricks in order to affect that kind of effect. For, for, for some, it actually cheapens the gospel message. They try to, they try to smoothen the rough edges of the gospel, so to speak, in order for that to accepted. Because it would good people if they accept everything, the rough edges, appointed things of the gospel. And because the goal, the reason the goal is to, to, to affect this, what we call as falling in the name of the Lord, there are so many, many, so many things that we do that we believe in this church that are no longer biblical. And one of that is to force people to pray a prayer. Another, another error that we did is being propagated in the sub-churches is to appeal to emotions in causing decisions to Christ. Beautiful music, with lights, with all of those, uh, all of those instruments. It's to prop up the emotions so that when the preacher would have to preach, it would direct them to the of the emotions in order for them to make a decision emotionally. But here, the effect is to call, but the cause is something very specific. How then will you follow me when they have not believed? So it is the belief that first must be produced in order for these people to call on God. You see that? It is not, it's not the emotion, it's not, a, it's not the instrument, it's not the writing, but it's to produce belief. And Paul does that by saying to believe those from him whom we have not heard. Heard is a one important factor here because believing only comes in the person or people who hear the message. And they must hear it correctly and exhaustively, or they don't have to hear it clearly and accurately. First, they have to call, but before they call, they must have that faith in their hearts and they must hear the message. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? It is not a, it is not a, a, a radio or the, or, or the book that you send in order to affect the kind of the general belief. Of course, there are other situations that we have to affect that, but the Bible actually prescribes that it is the preaching of the gospel that will cause people to hear, believe, and call on. So it's very important that, you know, that uh, preaching is, uh, is prominent in our evangelism. Now, our evangelism is not just you know, going to coffee and then talk about, you know, about so many uh, you know, trivial things in life. And then after the end of the message, wait, wait, you know, then Jesus is born back. <laughs> the preaching should be intentional. Uh, we're not saying that we have to do all of those things that you know that uh, what, what they call us in the Romans world become very specific. But it is 
conventional uh, thing that we do. We just call of the healing of the spirit. For them to have this pain so that the end of that is for them to call in the name of the Lord so that everyone can see. Uh, and the backdrop of that is to correct the misunderstanding about God's righteousness in people's lives and lives. So the gospel preaching is done by God's messengers. And who are these? Right? God's messengers are the ones that are sent. How are they to preach verse 15 unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Who are God's messengers in the way? Us. Matthew 28 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in, in the original, the, 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 the word go is not necessarily going to go to a place intentionally and then uh, make disciples there. It can also be translated as, as you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Meaning, we are already traveling. We are already walking or going to so many places and to so many areas and to so many destinations in life. But as you go that way, as you go this way, you pick up people, make disciples, teach them, and baptize them in the name of Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what is also required. That is also what should be done by people if we are really. So it can be our office, right? For those of you who don't have office, virtual office now, it could be the schools. Either you are studying or you are teaching, it is where as you go. It is also your neighborhood. Or if you are active in your social media, it's in your Facebook or Instagram page. It is the responsibility of the disciples of Christ. Yes. No? And uh, uh, of course, uh, it's not only the members or the leaders. Sometimes we, we, we have this in a three pages of evangelism without. In a, one is leaders who speaks. Sometimes we preach the gospel message and then we in an artist, an adequate gospel, uh, no gospel presentation, and in, in, you know, in effect, we have this inappropriate or inadequate gospel demands. Uh, wrong message applicable uh, results in wrong uh, word. Another failure of evangelism that uh, many churches are also going to deal with it is that we are not using it. No? So, some of the excuses that we are busy with our everyday affairs. Right? Another reason why we are not using it is fear of rejection. And this is real. This is real. And uh, I guess if, if we, if we you know, do a you know, surface for all, it's supposed 75% of Christians are. Experiencing this or have this kind of fear. Or 
Why can't we start approaching our office mates, our school mates, in order to show them what the gospel is, to show them what the righteousness of God is? Because there are only two outcomes of evangelism. Either we in verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. But Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? Object of that faith, object of that trust, that 
how can we save that person? So, uh, lastly, it's God's job for the greatness of faith. It is our job for them to hear the husband. So, as a, as a part of our core values, we tend to repeat this again and again and again. This is the basis of why we existed as a church. Other areas, accurate inclusive teaching, biblical theology, church membership, discipline, discipleship, evangelism. They have to be renewed, they have to be repeated again and again because uh, that's why, why we insisted that that's what we should do and we should follow as a church because without those values, we tend to not hear away from our purpose, which is to bring soul and life in this earth. Amen? So uh, let us encourage ourselves to, to look after the welfare of the souls. God has placed in front of us. Uh, we, we get inspiration from those people that have stand before us. Those people who have set aside the comfort, set aside even the affluence that experience in their place of origin in order to come to us, to come to our countrymen and serve and do things, so many things in order for them to get an opportunity to let them hear the gospel. We praise them for that. We have one sitar here that I admire that does that. Let us be encouraged by them by, by their and by their work and also by their message and by their commitment and their passion. Why are they doing this? No? If they can do that, we have the same spirit that is already sleeping inside of us. I just pray that the spirit will also do the things that he is, is doing with his persons or with his people, that he would also do that in our hearts. And God will bless the word of our hands and the word of our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you.